Welcome to Crypto Talk Radio, the podcast for everyday investors like you. Visit us on the web at CryptoTalkRadio.net. And now, here's your host, Leister. Thank you for that, Bailey, and welcome everybody out there in Crypto Talk Radio found at CryptoTalkRadio.net. I welcome you or welcome you back to the show. My name is Leister. That is true. And... Today, I'm going to be talking about a project that got a little bit too much hype, but the hype died down. So now's about the right time to do a little bit more coverage. The coverage that I share is probably going to piss some people off, and that's cool. Because I'm a straight shooter in the world of sensitivity. That's what I do at Rhymes. So first, let me give a personal update. Something that's frustrating. I don't know if people have these problems, and so I apologize if you don't. And you don't want to hear these kind of things from the one percenters of the world, but I share it because there may come a world in some distant future where this could be you. The problem with internet, right? Internet requires a lot of savvy to get the damn thing working. It takes a lot of knowledge. It takes a lot of expertise and skill to get all things working nicely and working together. I don't know that society understands how challenging it is. And there's kind of the media has promoted this idea that, well, everything's all wireless. Get on wireless to deep, 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 or just... You know, get a cell phone and then you got wireless there and they'll make a hotspot and use that. Here's the truth of the matter. For your home, you really shouldn't be using a hotspot off your phone unless you live in the middle of Hangham, Montana or something. If you're in the middle of nowhere, you kind of don't have a choice unless you use some of the satellite internet, which is garbage. But if you're your home, you really need to have robust internet. And one thing I struggle with in businesses today For those that work from home, part of the problem, part of the challenge has historically been there used to be a time when for working from home, they would test you. They would actually validate your Internet speeds are sufficient to support working from home because you need to have a pretty decent Internet. But we're still in this era where people just cheat the hell out on their Internet. And that pisses me off personally, because when you dial into like teams on a call, it dumbs it down to whoever's the slower connection to help them keep up. So there's a colleague I work with and I can tell he's got garbage internet. His has to be the absolute crap you can imagine because it'll literally drop the call. That, my endeavor, I I speak to, it has a dedicated internet. It's 300 gigs down or 300 megabits a second, sorry, megabits a second down and like 30 up. Like it's decently good internet. It's not crazy expensive, but it's dedicated. I do that on purpose. So the internet I'm talking to you on is fiber and it's dedicated to my other stuff. And it's it's the five gig fiber. And you're like, why would you do the five gig? The thing I learned, and this is where my frustration came from, for my personal update, when you have multiple increasing numbers of devices as I do, and I think everybody else will eventually get to, you know, I don't even have things like smart fridges and all this other crap, but I have a lot of things. I have smart lighting. There's the one of the smart lighting, but I actually have other smart lights I haven't used yet. There's my work computer that I'm talking to you on here. There's my gaming PC. I've got four laptops that all each serve a different purpose. I've got my my phone because they got rid of copper. I have to have a voice over internet phone because no, I'm not doing a smartphone. Bullshit. So there's just multiple, multiple devices and then a lot of increasing need for internet. And so I needed to make sure that the internet was not being affected by one device. Let's say I do a large download of some game or something. And you know, games are getting larger, like 50 gigs. I'm not going to sit there for 20 hours or something just to download a game. I want it to get done. So I did two, di- two games the other day 
blistering fast. Must have been 30 minutes all told for two games. Had to be a total of like 100 gigs total. That's what I want there. And then upstream is important. So like here, when I upload podcast episodes, I need the upstream to be blazing freaking fast. I need the downstream to be pretty quick. So I watch videos to catch up on stuff. Well, I, because to take advantage of this fast of internet, I had to upgrade the entire hardware infrastructure and rewire stuff. And it was fighting me. At first it worked and then it didn't. And then I had to figure out how to make it all work and then keep my legacy stuff still running because I still depend on it. And it's a pain. And I have network certifications and I know that what I've got set up is configured correctly. I think it's just that main device is just a little bit picky. And I can only imagine the regular layman person suffering under the geek squad, terrible geek squad, or having to call a family member who doesn't know what they're doing to try to get this stuff working. And it got me thinking, if I ever, if I ever get the money, I would absolutely buy one of these housing units and perfect wire this business to where you've got stuff built into the building as a service to where each of the tenants don't have to do their own freaking internet. Because they could do that, they just choose not to do it. But you could do that and then charge it back to the tenants as a cost of doing business, which is what they used to do with copper phone service. Every home was wired for copper phone where you would, by default, have the access to make basic calls. And then they got rid of it because they're idiots. So that was my rant, is getting the freaking internet working. It looks like it's working now. Everything's speedy and stable. All of my devices are now sharing a very copious amount of data speeds, which allowed me to then provide this amazing podcast episode to you. Let's dig into that and see what we can find out about cryptocurrency. So let's run some numbers and I'm using coindesk.com and I'm going to start with Bitcoin. The reason I'm starting with Bitcoin is that Bitcoin got the better of it. Both Bitcoin and Ethereum are generally positive. There's a lot of purchasing happening on both as well as secondary tokens, but Bitcoin got the best of it. Bitcoin, as I record this, trending upward, went up from a, roughly about 43,000, got over the 44,000, started to go on a little bit of a run, got as high as 45.6, settled back down to 45.3 as I record this. Ethereum didn't fare as well. Ethereum did climb ever slightly, but then bounced came back down, hovering between 24 and 24.6, which I'm not going to say is terrible. It's not crapping, but it certainly is not the run as expected. However, I called out at CryptoTalkRadio.net the concept of crypto phishing, which is what I speculated was happening in this, is that they're just phishing. People are out there phishing to try to toss money in different projects to entice you to buy into them, and then they sell off for the whatever it's doing. So, that's what I think is happening. I can't say for sure, but that's what I speculate is really going on here with this business. So Bitcoin certainly got the better of it. People then said, okay, we're getting close to the real run. I don't know that it we're there yet, but there is a general positive sentiment across the board, largely spearheaded by the Bitcoin ETFs. What, it, what seems happening because of the recent bank failures and some of the banks having general difficulties outside of that, there seems to be an influx of money flowing into the Bitcoin ETFs. And then conversely, the ones who oversee those ETFs are purchasing more Bitcoin for the pools, which causes positive sentiment. I was looking at it the other day and I said that the Fidelity, I couldn't justify paying more than $40, $35 for that business because it was as a low of 33. So I figured if I, if I speculate that 35 is a good base, that was my price target to buy in. And I've not wavered. I'm waiting for it to go down again 
not thinking it will, but I'm waiting to see if it will before I buy any more. Because I would like to buy another stack and get to a certain base, but I'm not confident it's going to go down again and I'm not going to pay. I mean, it's a, it's a difference of three bucks. We're not talking a major amount of money. It's probably about, you know, $100 more than what I do. It's the principle of the thing, you know, it's principalities in this. So I chose to hold off. I'll keep what I got, watch price movement, see what happens. And if I'm right and the dang thing goes crazy, then that's cool. And we'll see what happens there. So I was watching that off the side as I was watching what happened on the spot side and seeing that there certainly is a lot of purchase activity happening with Bitcoin in general. But then when I looked overall, and if you remember, I said, always pay attention to the total market cap on cryptocurrency, it skyrocketed significantly from, remember, I said it tanked down to, you know, 1.6, a little bit over 1.6 trillion dollars. As I record this, it's up to 1.73 trillion dollars with a heavy upward trend. The down of this is that the vast majority of that is being bounced currently, as I see it, bounced between certain stable coins, Bitcoin and Ethereum, with Solana kind of a close third behind this. So, it's still not the spread that we might expect across other cryptocurrencies that are on different chains, like a Cardano. Cardano's crapped unexpectedly. And then there's certain other ones like the Celestia garbage that got some. There's Arbitrum that got some. But yet Polygon crapped. The CUE is getting pumps and I think it's crap. So there's no consistency in what's getting bought into. Meanwhile, other ones got hurt because of decisions that I'll talk about briefly, like Monero. Monero got crapped on because of Binance. Again, I'll talk about that one briefly. I don't want to focus that before I get through the rest of what I saw. The one that stood out with significant climbs in a sea of red is Caspa. And Caspa will dominate the latter part of my update here today. I'll come back to that one. As I saw so much money still flowing into USD Tether, it got me thinking. I don't know if people, and now that I look at that, I don't know if people are basically just stacking it and they're waiting for a right point because if Bitcoin is going to continue the upward trend, and I can't say that it does, but it looks like it should, if Bitcoin continues the upward trend, that means there's a lot of people, either a lot of people sitting on the sidelines waiting for FOMO because they're not sure it's the real one, or a lot of liquidation activity that I don't directly see. I didn't see significant liquidation activity above and beyond what I might normally see. So I don't think that's what it is. I speculate that there happens to be a bunch of people just buying the stable and sitting on it and or they're hunting for something to buy into. And that would explain why some of the projects are going up and some are not. And then the crypto fishing I described where certain projects are pumping for no reason, like Trump 2024 pumped for no real reason out of thin air. So in summary, what I'm saying is I'm not exactly sure What's happening sentiment-wise across cryptocurrency to explain some of the price movement and direction I see? All I can tell you for certain is that the total market cap in terms of money flowing in has gone back to the highs that it was at before. It still isn't at the bull run high that I would expect, that being $2 trillion as of yet. So we still got a ways to go. Meanwhile, on the commodity side, gold took a little bit of a crap, not a great crap, but a little bit of a crap as it seemed like more, more people were buying into digital currencies across the board, as opposed to the fixed commodity market that you might've seen. We also saw with the Tucker Carlson fiasco that's coming with the Vladimir Putin situation, that there's a little bit of turmoil potentially happening around the conversation regarding the war. I know it's a tongue twister, but here's the summary. 
the narrative has been that the war is XYZ, the war is causing some of this disruption, and most importantly, that Russia and others might be using cryptocurrency to help fund the war, and that there were certain blocks placed in. I covered this last year. And the conversation between Tucker Carlson and Vladimir Putin was looked at as a black eye for some reason. Carlson's approach was to say, you need both sides of the story. You need to hear the truth from both sides. You can't just take one side and then you have to make up your own decision, which I'm a fan of. I'm an advocate of this. I don't get the sense that he dug into the narrative about selling cryptocurrency, probably because he had a gun to his head. But my point is that as he does this and he opens up that door of conversation to give the other side that the media didn't get passed over to you, it may cause some sentiment shift on cryptocurrency overall because of the narrative before that cryptocurrency was being sold off to fund the war, which may have slanted people's perspectives against it that were sitting on the sidelines and they're anti-war folks. There's a lot of those people. Possible. I spitball that out there. I have no confident information that's what's happening. I share it because it's something to consider. And the last part of this is as we get closer to a decision, final decision about whether former President Donald Trump will be allowed to go back into office should he be elected and who so far has not gone on the debate stage because he basically feels like he doesn't have to, who has so far caused, I believe, five people to quit, quit the business, quit on the stool, take an L without him even trying tells you the current state of at least the United States and what's being perceived. And apparently, Vladimir Putin discusses his thoughts about the current United States and its sentiment and how things are going. And I think a lot of people may be curious to know what somebody else thinks. As we know Sky Sports Australia does an amazing, not Sky Sports Australia, but Sky on the Australia side, I think they do a great job doing some additional coverage around what the media blockades you from. So, I'm curious now. I'm curious to see what happens to the price after that interview is released. And then I may or may not do some coverage. I think that's scheduled to come, if not tonight, then sometime here soon. I'm curious to know what that is. Vladimir Putin, to my knowledge, does not speak English. So I'm assuming there's a translator in play to do it. He flew on location for that. So I'm, I'm really curious to see what comes of that one. Mind you, that, I, I don't know if it's the first time, but it's a one of a very slim few times that you actually had one of the true reporters out there in the trenches, like a Dan Rather kind, like in the trenches trying to get the real scoop about what's going on in two sides of the story. So hopefully he gets to get out to other places as well, and we get to see how that shifts the economy and people's sentiment if people are swayed, positive or negative, around what's told and what they learn from this situation. I'm really excited about what this all means. Now, for the remainder of my episode, I am going to be talking about a token that is not an underdog, or I guess I should call it a coin. It's not an underdog, so it does not qualify in as to why I'm covering it. It's not as an underdog. It is simply because it's gotten unreasonable pumps even now. It came, I wouldn't say came out of nowhere. It's been around a while, but I'm concerned about the quickness with which it climbed. Some things were stated about it that I'm not really confident in, and I did some reading and some research, and I share that research with you now so that you can know and make your own decision about what it means. I can't say for sure. The project is CASPA, and you've probably seen CASPA pumping and going mad crazy, especially on coin market cap, going nuts for no real clear reason anybody can point at other than 
the statements that were made about what it allegedly does and and what problems it allegedly solves and where it you know the people backing it and the strength of it da, 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 trading currently at about 12 cents right now this was down i want to say it had like three zeros so it climbed significant amounts which is what got people's attention sitting on a market cap of over two billion dollars close to three billion dollars with a volume well over 60 million dollars and a total supply of roughly about 20 something billion dollars 20 something billion uh, tokens this guy again got everybody's attention it has its own blockchain it's the whole nine and it got everybody's attention it's been around a while but the chatter surprised me it's like well where the hell is this chatter coming from why is it a thing what the hell is what the hell's going on that that was my initial sentiment what the hell's going on and just like many of the other ones you know all the exchanges as far as i know binance didn't but all the other exchanges jumped all aboard on it just like with pepe and that contributed to some of the climb as well as some of the crash out very recently here's what i learned about this business again i share it with you so that you can make up your own mind whether it's worth your time or whether it's uh, whatever. So this was found, and I don't know exactly the country of origin for this business. I know that they are certainly not from the United States, as far as I can tell. And I want to say they're from Israel, but I don't know that for a fact. Don't quote me. Originated back in 2017. That's why I say it's been around a while. It was It was angel funded. So there was a lot of organizations that played in. And they did some research to present an, a case to say, hey, we need some funding because we, we have this great idea of what we want to do. After the fact, they spin this up, they create, start building up a team. The first stages of the blockchain, I want to say was early 2021. And then late 2021, they launched the main net. All they did at the time, I'm, I'm serious about when I say this didn't make any damn sense. All they did at the time was in their own Discord channel. They announced, hey, mainnet's available. Here's what it is. They did not spread the word significantly outside of their own Discord channel. So the Genesis block, as it's described, that was first put out in the Discord channel to the people that would already have followed it. Nobody else had known at this point that it was a thing. As far as I can tell, they did not do any aggressive push or shillers or anything else. So now we're in 2021, late 2021, okay? And nobody really knows of this thing. It's just kind of there, except for their own followers. They had done, they were doing minting and, and everything else. They, they ran into an issue, okay? So then they halted it. After they halted it, they fixed the issue. Later, research was done and they identified what was really happening with the bug. I want to read what somebody identified and there's a whole convoluted thread behind this and I don't want to overcomplicate it. Suffice to say is allegedly there was more to the quote bug that may have implied that it wasn't a bug, but actually malicious and later was described as a bug when they halted and re and reopened it to, and they, they hit the tracks. They deleted the history behind what happened. This is what was alleged. I wasn't there. I didn't see this go down. Quote, two weeks after the Casper network launched, we had a network split bug that forced us to halt the network and then restart consensus from the latest widely agreed starting point. 
Consequently, our genesis is actually the state of the network as of November 22nd, 2021. The main net was launched November 7th. So this wasn't that quick. This wasn't that long after the launch that they identified this alleged issue. Quote, enough data was included with this to make it verifiable that this goes back to an actual empty Genesis block, including the hash of the header of the most recent Bitcoin block at the time, providing additional proof this checkpoint was not created in advance with a delayed timestamp. As I said in Twitter, in the following weeks, we will make an ordered post recounting all details, including this delayed Genesis and how it's verifiable. In the meantime, I'll just point out that my explanation still holds. This does not allow exceeding the emission schedule and minting rogue coins. In particular, the entire supply at the time was around half billion CASPA or modifying anybody's balance undetectably. So stop. So what's what he's doing, if you listen to the message, is he's trying to do a, a cover your ass because some of the respondents in this discord were making, they were theorizing that there might be, when they say rogue coins, there was, and I believe it was Elephant Token on the Binance Smart Chain that had a similar situation. This idea that there was some sort of a breach or some sort of a hack where they were able to basically mint and mint and mint and mint and mint like crazy, as well as what is that other garbage that I covered a little while ago? Uh, what the heck was that? Oh, uh, don't KYC. And it turned into something else. Don't KYC. And they had in their contract, this is not the same situation. I'm describing it as similar. They had in their contract that allowed anybody to basically burn somebody else's tokens. The implication here is that the theory was presented that because of the, the bug itself was actually a, a malicious intent to mint tokens and take actually steal money from people. It was never proven because the history behind what actually happened was deleted. And so people were raising the question, which is what spurred this person to make the response. So then after this, they finally put the public on notice. Hey, this is the thing. This is coming out. This is going to be a proof of work token that's coming out just like Bitcoin and others. That's the proof of work in contrast to Ethereum, which at the time was moving towards proof of stake. So understand the timeline. They're launching it essentially to be a competitor to Ethereum as a proof of work token. Now, I'm, if I'm, my memory serves me, this is right around the time that the Ethereum proof of work fork happens. And that was ostensibly because they disagreed with the Ethereum moving to proof of stake. It feels like it's roughly around the same time. I continue though. When they messaged this out, nothing was given around this backup, this history that had been removed people started complaining, saying, we need to understand what really happened here. We need to understand what went wrong and caused this relaunch and what happened with what we see as evidence that there might have been some rogue tokens being minted somewhere. Then other people did digging and they found that there's money actually missing from places. The team of this came out and said that ultimately, we're, they didn't say they're broke, but they said that we're hurting for money. And I can't quote the exact because it's covered by other things, but I'll give you part of it. Quote, we have no funds to hire fancy PR and marketing teams. It's up to the user to stay updated. Since this is a community project, it's more of a do-it-yourself experience. I'll make a post in the Discord 
to better maintain the threat. So this is basically responding in December to the complaints that the of the lack of communication. Things are just happening. We don't know what the hell's going on. And nobody's communicating effectively in any of these different conduits that's out there. Now, this is a common problem in cryptocurrency. These token projects don't understand how to act like a real business and communication is not something that they do. The reason people flacked on this, though, is you just launched a freaking chain out there. Then you had this alleged bug. Then there's this rumor that there's rogue tokens being minted. Then there's money that's proven to be lost. And now you say you don't have the funds to simply communicate with people. Something's kind of sketchy on this business. Fast forward now, we're in 2023, or excuse me, 2022, sorry, 2023. People are trying to figure out the train. They're still doing some research to try to figure out what the heck's going on and these transactions that mysteriously went missing between when this relaunch happened or the opening up and roughly Q2 of 2022. Nobody's able to figure it all out. The Casper team is just kind of muscling forward without stopping. They're not trying to answer or explain any of this stuff. When <laughs> people chime in, they're muted, they're censored, they're, they, you know, people are actually fighting and shouting them down. One person came out and says, quote, this is what it sees when you search for a transaction that took place before February, 2022, which would have been basically that time frame between when they opened it up and February of that following year. Basically, nothing came back. There was nothing that you couldn't find any of the historical transactions, which contradicts the spirit of a blockchain, which is supposed to be a public ledger that maintains its history. A user responded and said, can somebody else confirm that we literally don't have these transactions? This is blockchain. It's got, they've got to be there. They've got to be somewhere. There's not, there's nowhere that there can be a blockchain that's just empty this way. Users again responded and said, quote, Six months of transaction history, this is as of August, six months of transaction history are missing and have been deleted. If the deleted parts are recovered, I'll be the first one to rejoice, go ahead and put it back up. <laughs> the same person responded and they're trying to call attention and they're not being listened to, but basically says, quote, they're going to end up in jail if these get restored because something happened here. To do something as drastic as this, it probably wasn't even about the mining of rogue tokens or any of that stuff, that history must have contained evidence of something more criminal. There's no other logical explanation. Stop. So, another user did digging, and they found that there were no nodes. No nodes means that nothing was actually processing anything. If there's literally no nodes, that means nothing's getting processed because a blockchain must have at least one node to do some sort of process. As of 2023 now, so I'm jumping and I'll go back. As of 2023, they still saw no evidence of any nodes in play. They couldn't figure out how are things happening if there's no nodes in play, there's all this history that's being that's missing, and then this relaunch that they don't even want to explain. What the heck's going on here? More research was done, and they connected the dots back to what appeared to be a prior state of the CASPA chain and token, more importantly where it was pre-deflationary. The idea that they were mining tokens and everything was actually happening at a very steady pace and pretty consistent. Part of the concern that they had seen is, okay, is this what is this what 
you delete it during this time because I'm seeing these transactions that should be there and they're not part of the blockchain and did you delete them? And if you did, tell me why, what's going on? User gets completely blocked and banned from the Discord and then the conversation back and forth got removed. Other users said, well, wait a minute. He's asking a valid question here because we do see that there's some concerns. What's going on? All you have to do is just explain what it was that you're doing. They didn't want to explain it. It kept already, they kept quiet. They didn't want to put any message out there to help explain what was going on. In summary of what's going on, the Caspa blockchain itself, after they launched this business and opened it up, uh, the, the working theory, and it persists even now that I have no evidence to, the working theory is that when the first launch happened, so this is now the seventh, when the first launch happened to the 22nd, so this alleged bug period, the theory is that coins, because it's blockchain, coins may have been mined and then put somewhere or reserved or hidden or somehow the transactions for that were all removed so that when it was relaunched, there's still the same tokens, but there's no history that they have been issued. Now, if that's true, and I can't say it is, because again, I can't prove it. Some people said, well, let's say that that's what it is. Let's say, and I'll make an analogy here in a second, but they said, let's say that's true. It should be, if that's the case, that those tokens that were initially, in this case, mined, those tokens should have no value because it's a different, if you relaunched it, it's a different chain. It's a different blockchain. Those would have belonged on a different chain and they'd be basically worthless. The analogy here is, let's take Bitcoin. When Bitcoin was early stage, Bitcoin, nobody realized what it was going to be, right? You know, the story of the guy who gave somebody 1,700 Bitcoin. What people don't know is that Bitcoin actually had a relaunch. Bitcoin was there was one stage of it and then later a different stage and tokens were reissued. The early ones wouldn't have had the same value as the later ones. So the stories that you hear, those people might have very well been early stage. It's a similar situation here. Nobody knows the true value or number of valid Bitcoins out there. You can obviously iterate the chains and identify on the current blockchain to see how many tokens are in wallets, how many tokens are in circulation, etc. But there's a whole subset of tokens that preceded the current chain that are still somewhere out there and they are believed not to have any value. Plus, you have to think about the ones that were burned, the ones that are in lost wallets or trapped wallets or something else. So now the mystery continues as a suspicious user. I say suspicious because they had no name. A suspicious user implied that this was actually a joke project, that this was not valid. They didn't. It was not serious. It wasn't meant to be anything. Just like Doge early, where Doge was meant to be a joke. It was never meant to be a serious something. It turned into one. But early stage, Doge was never meant to be something. This person's implying this was never meant to be a serious something. And it took on a life of its own and it got out of control. And that there is the possibility that there are unaccounted for tokens that then the transactions for them were deleted from the blockchain history. In the accounting world, it's unthinkable. You have to account for every single dollar that transacts A and B. And if you have these gaps, they'd come down on you like a ton of bricks. Others speculated the prices look manipulated. The prices for buys and sells don't make any sense. The central exchange pricing doesn't make any sense. And they were connecting the dots as I close that the CASPA that was, so we're talking now late 
2021 all the way up to roughly about February to May of 2022, something happened where suspicious behaviors or shady business could have taken place that then affected what became the current Casper chain. And they're theorizing, and I have no evidence of any of it because all the history has gone, that all of this then was in part connected to the central exchanges, as in they might have a part to play in where it got, as in, you know, you have, let's say, let's, let's tinfoil. Let's say that a bunch of tokens was minted or pre-mined, I should say, and they were distributed to the exchanges prior to any sort of a launch. So at this point, it doesn't exist on anything and they're going to launch it. They know they're going to launch it. They want to get on the exchanges and this happened. This has happened. Pepe. They get the tokens early. So when Casper starts climbing later, there's a major dump because they're selling off of tokens that are now at the highest possible price, even though they got crazy amounts of tokens at the lowest possible price. None of this can be proven. The point is, the, the big point is there's missing transactions in the chain that was. And the question is, well, how can you even sustain an effective blockchain when part of your history is missing? It doesn't make any sense. I'll give you another comparison. If I had, so in storage, let's say your drive on your computer in storage, everything is sequentially placed on purpose. When you delete, some data, your software and your hardware work together to reorganize things on the disk. It's just the nat the nature of how it is. You would never have where things are completely out of sequence. It just wouldn't work. A PDF document that you view on the web or something else has what's referred to as a header. The header is necessary for the software to understand how to open and view that document. If the header were missing, your PDF is going to get corrupted at some point. Same with videos that you might watch. Same with photos that you might view. All I'm saying, and I'm simply giving data that they see, all I'm saying is some people suspect that something sketchy happened with Caspa. Something sketchy happened at a point, and then later when they realize, oh crap, we better do something, they tried, they worked and did something to try to legitimize it, which is what's causing the current run now, largely due to marketing in concert with the very central exchanges. I don't share this to tell you that they're a scam or anything that I have no idea. I don't know what's going on. All I can do is see the data. The data is very suspect. The data is very questionable. And you still had that gap in the blockchain that nobody has bothered to explain because unfortunately it's a greed driven world and people are only focused on the pumps. I'm simply telling you that the pumps from my perspective are illogical because of the history I saw, and it may very well be another doge in that regard. The idea that, at some point, it was meant to be a joke and then later is essentially forced into something, effectively a meme strategy. I know that they're doing some things. I see some build of things. So I know something's happening here. But ultimately, the big picture on this is there's, there's shady business that happened on this. And something may or may not go wrong with it, but it's possible that something later does happen, you know, that essentially tanks the project or it's just whatever. And they did it to cover whatever happened and recover when they launched the new one and whatever was before, they didn't care because it doesn't matter because they are past it. I don't know. I don't really know what to think about it. I know some people are really positive about Caspa. 
But from a cryptocurrency perspective, nobody should be happy or satisfied about an incomplete blockchain. You're always told that the blockchain is immutable. It's not immutable. It can be edited. It can be edited. It can be altered. So now let's talk slippery slope as I, as I truly wrap up. Let's talk slippery slope. Remember that you're told that, you know, tokens that are burned or sent to the burn wallet, I should say, to the dead wallet cannot be retrieved. You know, that's not true. They can be. It's possible. Just nobody's done it. Nobody's executed it. If blockchain can be edited and modified, and that would make sense if it can be, who knows who's out doing what for what on whichever blockchains. So if you stick with ones that are longstanding, time-honored, great, but even they could have something sketchy and you'd never know it. Now, it may not affect you, right? But these newer ones that are coming out, these newer blockchains, you have no idea what's going on. Pulse Chain's a great example. You have no idea what's going on under the hood. Could be all sorts of crazy stuff. I can tell you, using Pulse Chain directly, swap doesn't work, bridge doesn't work. It simply doesn't work. It'll sit there and spin trying to find somebody to take the transaction. That's sketchy. It was easy to get stuff in there. It's not easy to get stuff out of there. Could be that there's other nefarious things happening, or it could just be random technology. Either way, I implore you to be careful with the uh, pumps that you see on some of these things. And make sure you're not YOLOing into something. It's up to you. It's your money. But I would not want to see somebody get trashed if it turns out that some of these truly are sketchy business.